Hey everybody, this is Ed Mazzucchelli with The Truth Behind Fitness. I, uh, this is our first podcast, first episode. Uh, I'm very fortunate to be joined by a good friend of mine, a former client, current client, kind of, um, and, you know, somebody that I consider, uh, you know, a mentor um, and some and some resemblance, and I think sometimes maybe vice versa, but... Um, you know, somebody that I really trust and, and someone I really want to have this first episode conversation with because fortunately for me, I have access to this guy on a daily basis because he comes to the gym and the other day the gym was busy and he, I asked, I said, I, oh, I got, I need, I need five minutes of your time, which turned into an hour and a half. And uh, we had a great discussion that covered a lot of different subjects. But one of the subjects we talked about was uh, success, you know, and the, potential or, or how it really ties back into the fitness world um how we in the fitness industry judge success um it's also about kind of the backbone of what we're um doing this podcast for um if you saw my incredibly enlightening introduction you would see that um i've kind of you know at my ripe age of 46 i've been in this industry for 26 years now 20 yeah 26 years um, as a competitive bodybuilder, as a former athlete in college, um, as a trainer for, you know, 25 years, um, actually longer because I started in college, um, and as a nutritionist, uh, as a coach for hundreds of competitors and as a competitor myself, obviously, um, I think one of the things I've found is nowadays there's just this massive disinformation. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today, about um, kind of like statistical, some statistical stuff that supports kind of that theory. Um, but in addition to that, really what we want to kind of do is get through and talk about the definition of success. Um, I couldn't imagine not having this conversation with Sturt um, because I think it's going to be really poignant to the people that are watching this. So um, I'm just going to ask some questions too. I'm not going to kind of let them do what he does best, which is talk way better than I do. <laughs> um, but I'm funnier. So that's how this will work. Uh, so Sturt and I met, um, I think I still had dirt on my floor <laughs> when I first opened my very first gym, he came in and there's a great debate over who the first member was him or Mark Fowley. Um, so we'll just let that debate go forever. It's like the fish who caught the biggest fish. Um, but, um, yeah, he, I just basically said like, yeah, buddy, I don't have any equipment right now. You got to come back. So he's not knowing sturdy. He's like, will that be in one week? You know? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, whatever. Like, just, you know, sure. It'll be in a week. Right. So he came back and, and kind of that's the, the short version of it is, uh, I did not train him. Um, he trained with uh, multiple trainers before me. It wasn't until we moved to our second gym. Um, and I think your trainer had, uh, moved on to another club mm -hmm. yep. They had reached out to me. And I will say at that particular point, we did not have the greatest relationship. <laughs> That's for another Fair podcast. <laughs> um, but I, I did, I had a lot of respect because I was like, who's this asshole? He said, I can't believe he's sending me an email asking me <laughs> if I'd train him, you know? And, uh, I, I was, you know, it, it was a, obviously a pleasant, uh, surprise to really get to know Sturt and, um, and learn from him as much as I could teach him about 
this wonderful sport of bodybuilding, which I love, which has been an amazing um, uh, vehicle for me in my life. And I was able, I've been fortunate enough to teach that, you know, this discipline of bodybuilding to many over the years, um, mainly for the best. A few people that, you know, maybe will watch this and be like, you suck. Um, I don't have the best bedside manner sometimes when it comes to competitors, but I'll let him kind of tell you some of the funny stories about that. Um, but I wanted him to tell you a little bit about his background and then what, um, when we hooked up, kind of your story about how that first happened to get him to actually compete. And then more importantly, kind of how that how that ties into what your definition of success is now maybe versus what it used to be mm-hmm. and kind of what we talked a little bit about the other day. So sure. the recording is yours. Sir. <laughs> well, I was born. Uh, <laughs> white Don't turn it off. <laughs> um, yeah. So we're not going to go quite that far back, but um, when I first met Ed, um, I was running almost constantly. I was running almost 75 miles a week and, I'm really trying to um, stay fit using that as my my sole tool, but that's following years of having been in gym rest. Starting when I was 14 years old, um, I was in and out of gyms and trying to trying to stay fit, um, doing that. And um, you know, at various times in my life, I tried different fitness techniques to try to be fit or to get healthier. Um, and it really was the the health part that was driving, um, not just the the fitness part. But so I wandered into Ed's gym. I saw it was just about to open, and there's this guy in there, and he's got equipment scattered all over the place. Mm-hmm. Clearly didn't have anywhere near set up, and he was still had big gaps in other equipment he was expecting. And he's telling me how great the gym is going to be and how it's going to be connected to computers and every other thing. And he says, yeah, we're not going to be opening for a couple of months, but you can sign up today if you want. So, um, bad. yeah. Uh-huh. Bad boy. Uh, it was a great, you know, to this day, I give him credit for asking, you know, you've got to be closing if you're a salesman. That's so right. um, so it, it was an interesting start to what became a very good relationship. Um, and, you know, so I did join. I was the first member. There's no question about that. <laughs> Valby was the first client. That's so, All right. That's, so, a, that's a good yeah, way to put it. Yeah, we, we got we to be clear here. And, um, and so, um, so I did come back to the gym. I, I did become the first member and I did start training and... It was um, kind of an eye-opening experience. I had been doing my own training for years. I'd read every book there was on the subject. I grew up in the era of Arnold and all of the great Olympias. And so, um, you know, there's a lot of literature around about how to do training, um, Ben Weider's program that you could buy and, and do. And so I tried all of those things. And, you know, to a degree, there was some information there. But um, I think there was a lot that was written that was very confusing, a lot of contradictory information. So trying to sort through all of that um, became overwhelming for just a regular person. Um, and I just consider myself a regular person as far as the fitness industry goes. So um, I started to work with a trainer there and started to get a little bit more knowledge. And in the background was Ed constantly. And he was working with this elite group of, of individuals, training them to a much higher level. And it intrigued me. As I said, I grew up in the age of Arnold, so I was familiar with you know, bodybuilding and being on stage um, from a viewer's perspective. <clears throat> and while it never really was something I envisioned for myself, um, it was a consciousness and awareness that it was there. And um, and I was watching him create those people that would be up on stage. So it was fascinating. Um, the other parts of my life, um, you know, I was 
Um, I'm a small businessman. Um, I run a family-owned manufacturing business. Um, moderately successful. We do okay. We're certainly not going to um, be um, in any newspaper anytime. At least we hope not in any newspaper anytime soon. <laughs> um, but no, our success is just not that big. It's a it's a little company, and we do okay. So you know, I was pretty successful in that realm. Um, I've been in and out of business a couple times. I've done some consulting. I've done some other things. So I was a you know pretty successful individual. I had all the toys, cars, boats, house, all those things. Um, was married at the time, a couple of kids. Um, so not really a whole lot there, just sort of a regular guy coming in to train. And um, I guess there is one, one twist to my background. Um, I, was, uh, I am an alcoholic, have been for years. And I uh, have been now sober um, at this point, close to 25 years. So I have um, learned how to manage that aspect of my life. And um, through programmatic approach to staying sober and doing the things I need to do to, to stay that way. And so that is an important part of, of my story, um, particularly with regards to fitness, because the more I get into training and the more I began to recognize what I really needed to do to be fit, I realized there was a discipline to that that was similar discipline to that which I applied to my alcoholism, which is uh, a life of small disciplines. Doing a lot of small things well leads to big successes. And, and that's sort of a, a theme that um, I really have only come to realize in the later part of my life. Um, I was doing those sorts of things and not really recognizing the full benefit of them. And uh, again, somewhat later, did I look back and see how that had uh, been such a significant influence. So, um, yeah, Ed and I were uh, training in the same gym, but not training together. I was working with some of his uh, employees and it was doing okay. You know, I enjoyed the training um, and uh, I enjoyed the gains that I was making in terms of being able to lift more and, and my, my fitness was good. I was pretty happy. And um, so Ed and I, um, having known each other for a few years, decided we'd do a, a business deal together. And this gets into that part where he didn't like me so much. And um, there's going to be a two tails of the side of the story. Yeah, well, uh, I'm not going to get into any details. Let's just say that, that things did not go as we expected. And ultimately, I had to walk away, um, which uh, left Ed in, a, in an un unfortunate position. And he was not happy about it. <laughs> so um, with that behind us, uh, like sort of. percent older. <laughs> yeah. He still reminds me of it. Um, but uh, so with, 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 with that business thing behind us, he had moved on from his, his um, original gym in Hanover to his new facility in Marshfield, a much bigger and, and nicer facility. And I had continued to train in Hanover with the, the trainer he had put me on to. Um, that trainer did leave, as he alluded to. And um, so without a, a trainer, um, I, I made the move to come down here and join him in Marshfield. And I did call him and tell him I was coming down. and. You know, told him what my goals were, and he said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, we can take care of you." And so, um, moved to the to the Marshfield and um, location, and uh, began training with somebody there. And um, all that trainer actually wound up leaving too. I don't know. Maybe this is a theme. I keep chasing your trainers away. Who did you, tra you train with? Someone else down there? Yeah, um, you had me. You, I did not train with you originally. I thought you did. No, was it Ben? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know originally. I thought, I I thought it originally was me, but that's No, okay. it wasn't originally you. I came down and I trained with somebody else, and okay. that person then left. And like I said, it's thematic. I'm chasing your trainers away. We literally don't but have I'll... any trainers left. Just saying. My starts <laughs> with you the whole time. I have no trainers left. And nothing to do with me. Nothing. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. It's all, it's all my fault, it's right? 100%. Oh, I yeah. feel better already. Yeah, I like this podcast. Go. Um, 
so yeah, so then that trainer left, and I, I started training with Ed because he was the only guy left. <laughs> and, so that uh, had to be. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how long I was training with you. It wasn't very long, a couple of months. Um, and that's when you said, you know, you ought to, you know, you work hard. You do what you're working really hard, actually. And, yeah. you know, you're, you're, you're doing an okay diet. And maybe you ought to think about uh, trying to get on stage. Um, you were building a competition team at that point and um, recruiting, I think, a little bit for participants. And, <clears throat> yeah, so I said no, as you might recall. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, no, no, I do. And I then, mean... you, then you forced me to diet down. Well, I was doing, to give it some context, like I think I was doing the world championships in Vegas. Yeah, you were, exactly. So I was neat, you know, I was deep mode. I was in my mode, you <laughs> yeah. know, so I didn't have any time for anybody's <laughs> bullshit. I was like, you're going to do this. I don't care whether you like it. So I had a friend of mine, a really good friend of mine by the name of Kendall Bretto, um, Kendall Smiley now, but yeah. Kendall Bretto at the time. And she had a friend named Lee who was kind of cutting his teeth with photography. photography right? And she had made arrangements for him to come down for very short money and do some photos of me. Um, because I, at the time, um, we, we didn't have a lot of uh, promotional pictures. And if anybody's familiar with competitive bodybuilding, um, it's, it's really a massively self-promotion sport. Um, so uh, me being me, um, which is ironic because I'm more, <laughs> I'm more self-promoting now than I was significantly back then. I was, I've always been sort of introverted. But you've I, always been you. I've always been me. <laughs> but introverted to to some extent, you know, um, I was never the the tank top guy. The, you know, it was more like put a heavy sweatshirt on, do your workout, and then you know, two or three weeks before a show, you kind of take it off, and everyone's like, "What the fuck?" I had no idea that was under there. I'm like, "That's the point." <laughs> um, but then anyway, so Lee came down, and I was all prepared for that, or, or we had made arrangements, and I had, I think I put you on like a six he week was, diet. He was take, yeah, something. Like that. You, he was taking promo pictures of you, and here I've been dieting for six weeks. I didn't even know the poses, and you're having me, you know, try to pose down for this guy, and he's Makes taking pictures. <laughs> I still have the pictures, and I gotta tell you, so, I have them too. So and they're horrifying. They were too. <laughs> They were twofold for this, right? I was trying to convince this guy who had this <laughs> genetic potential and the drive that he could kind of cut his teeth in this. Like, he, you know, I mean, I don't know how old you were at the time, but... Um, uh, Mid-40s. Mid yeah, I mean, exactly. it, it was, you know, and at, I think at that point, like, life was really stable for him and, yeah, you know, and, and really good. And, and uh, kind of before the storm. <laughs> well, that's sort of where I'm going to. But, um, so it was a really good uh, opportunity for him to kind of be like, listen, you know, we're training together where you're, you're seeing me go through this process. You've watched me through, you know, dozens of people through this process. You're intrigued by it. The best thing to do. So I, I think sort of there was a begrudgingly, I mean, I think the ego kind of comes in and be like, all right, he says I look pretty good. Maybe I'll do this. And so we did pictures. He hated the pictures, like adamantly, vehemently hated the pictures. But see, so like to me, it's the difference between the art, artist and the fan, right? So like, or the, or the person viewing the art, like I saw the potential in the picture. He saw... I look, this doesn't look right. And now there's too much fat there. And I was like, yeah, 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 I can get rid of all that. Like, but there's like this beautiful rock that's just <laughs> needs time. It just needs time. So, um, so then comes this sort of convincing of like, Hey, well, then, now you, then, I you, then you had me hooked. Yeah. Well, of course. Oh shit. So I, I, don't want, I don't want to do this. Well, I don't know. It's kind of good. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But it was, it was, you know, I'm going to raise no fool. The picture, the pictures, the pictures were horrible, but the, but the idea of getting on, they were, they were horrible. 
but the but the idea of getting on stage had kind of taken root. And I'm like, oh, well, maybe we'll give this a try. I mean, can't hurt once. It's only a local show in Carver, right? Carver, Carver. right? Yeah, it was the Carver yeah. show. That was um, a good show, especially Mashpee. But they, that's where it moved to. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. Eight months later, it. yeah, yeah. Eight months later, did his first show. Did phenomenal. Um, yeah, I won five fifths. <laughs> Five classes, fifth, five fifths. Fifth, fifth place in all my every so class. So I'm teaching my daughter fractions right now. One fifth <laughs> times five is one. So if you add all those fifth places, yeah, up, right. you came in first. Yeah, one, one first but, place. But, but your experience was, and this sort of kind of starts to tie into what we're talking about success. So your experience was what? Did you get five fifth place or was it something where you walked away and said, that was amazing? What an amazing experience. It was, it, it was a life-changing experience in, in uh, every sense of the word. Um, I mean, I never had imagined, and when I, when I got on stage, I'm pretty sure I was 48 years old for the first time. Okay. So this must have been, I must have been about 47 when we came up with this idea. So in any case, I'm, I'm 48 years old, well past any conceivable prime. And I'm on stage competing for a bodybuilding trophy, which was just, I mean, again, growing up in the age of Arnold, this was like sort of a dream. You know, we would never imagine this being actually you on stage. And there I was. And um, so, yeah, I was seriously hooked at that point. <clears throat> you know, just getting on stage alone, the experience is, is, it can't help but change you. It really can't, for the better, for the worse. But I think generally for the better, the discipline, the work that's needed just to get there. And then... When you're standing backstage in that that first time, you know the, the butterflies the size of pterodactyls, and you know all these people around you that are you know they're jacked up, and you know you're looking at other guys going, oh my god, he is so ripped. I mean, how can I even compete with that? And then you get out there and you go through your poses, and and you know the the audience, the crowd is out there cheering, and everybody is cheering for everybody. It's you know. When I get up there and I did my poses, there were people cheering out there for me, and they didn't know me. I, I didn't have a huge crowd of supporters. It was just the general supportive atmosphere, um, and what a great experience. And then I came off that stage the first time. I get on stage five times, as I said, five different classes. So, um, but I came off stage that first time and just on on such an emotional high. It was it was crazy. Um, and so, you know, that becomes addicting. <laughs> um, you really kind of um, enjoy that. And the work that you put into to making that happen, um, the work doesn't feel like such work anymore. Uh, the success of just being there is, um, is, is its own reward. And then the fact that I walked away with trophies, that much better. And um, so as you might imagine, that just led me into doing more. So um, we made plans right after that first show to do more shows and, um, 2013 so about two years later yeah we ended up i i know we, we ended up, up in new england's new england's down at yep. foxwoods right yep at foxwoods okay. and on stage at foxwoods with a regional um, audience you know people coming out of new york and coming out of all the new england states and you know competing it's a much bigger stage at that point and obviously it's foxwoods so it's huge there's you know from going from a few hundred people in the audience to maybe over a thousand people in the audience um, professional lighting, you know, professional um, sound. sound. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's a whole different experience. And um, I walked away with that. I walked away from that show with a win. I won my division, which of course is you know just more food for that fire. And Fantastic then, statement, <clears throat> I thought. 
Sorry? It was a fantastic steak that night. It was. I I the burger at lunch was really good, too. I didn't have the burger the next day, but I did have that steak that night. Oh, that, that, that burger at lunch. I mean, after starving myself for... That's the only for, reason why I go to the show. Starving myself for, for 13 weeks, and then that final, the final 10 days before a show is absolutely brutal. The diet, the exercise, it's just horrible. And so when you finally get to cut loose um, in the midday break, so you do a morning session and an afternoon session on stage, and in between, obviously, you get a break. So that lunch break was a burger and fries. It was the first time I'd eaten oh, that's right. greasy I carbs. That. Oh, yeah. Because I didn't have that. I had like yeah, no, you had I don't know, like some turkey tips or some something, shit. <laughs> something healthy. Yeah. I don't think I was competing. <laughs> no, you weren't. You were, you were strictly there to coach me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that was, that was, that was a great, great, feed, great food, great yeah. feed. <clears throat> um, yeah, but so, you know, winning a regional contest, phenomenal. Uh, again, this is just more of the more of the dream coming true, and at that point, that was 2013. So at that point, my life had fallen apart, <laughs> to put it mildly. <laughs> um, you know, the business was going all right. And it's you know, businesses are ups and downs, and I'm don't remember exactly what the business condition was. But in 2012, my wife and I decided to divorce. So in May of 2013, I, I moved out of the, the house and um, had to leave behind my girls and, and my wife and uh, my ex-wife, soon to be, and uh, was trying to live on my own. And if you've ever been through a, a significant separation like that, um, it's, it's, um, it's devastating. It's, there's just no other way to put it. Um, I know you've been there. and you know. I'm trying. <laughs> trying to get it done. Help me. Well, yes. I'm not even at the divorce part. I mean, this, this, this middle, is just a separation. I know. You know? And no, I've been out of the house for just a little while. When I do you think that's the, that, is a, that is a really hard part. And <clears throat> I do think that, you know, for you, um, the corollary, obviously, you're catching from that, that I am, you know, in the final stages of my divorce, which is now on three years, um, which is ridiculous. That's but, about how long mine took. Um, I have significantly less assets than him, so this shouldn't have taken that long. <laughs> but uh, I will say that the separation component, that first time, yeah. month, week, whatever, however it is, um, and again, this is going to kind of tie back, and he's going to bring up something which is, you know, kind of, I think more heartbreaking than anything. But um, that was the first time in my 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 adult life where I really had to gear back and be like, all right. I have, I'm losing control of yep. everything. Yep. Um, you know, uh, you know, a coffee commercial would come on and I would start crying, you know, and I was like, all right, I need, you know, and like, you know, one of those Folgers ones, the ones that pull out your hot strings a little bit, not like a Starbucks one. But, uh, and I just, the one thing I've always known was the physicality side, meaning like when I mean that, I mean like I can go back to the gym and I can control an hour of my life and that has always been the grounding route for me and if i can if i delve back into like even when i was younger um you know adolescent things of that stuff i can always remember that being a you know not knowing at the time what it was but knowing now um that separation piece was probably the hardest thing i've had to go because i have two girls mm -hmm. as as you know and that the marriage itself dissolving has its own, yeah. that's its own set of feelings and all that, you know, however you want to do, you know, the maturity piece of it, who is at fault, it doesn't really matter, none of that. What matters is when you're either dropping your kids off that first time yeah. or 
you know, and no matter who you talk to about it, like, you know, I know I talked to you about it mm-hmm. and I went and saw a buddy of mine who's a therapist and I was like, I go, I can't, I can't do it. I don't know how to do it. Like I can't, I, I have to like pull over after I drop them off so that they can't see me, but I can't drive because I can't see cause I'm crying, you know? Um, and the thing that I knew that I had to do was, as he said, he's like, he's like, you're a type A. You have to create stuff to do yeah. so that your mind's not yep. doing that. So, you know, for me, and unfortunately for me, my bodybuilding career had come to an end. Um, so I didn't have that ability to go back. But as I interjected into his story, I'm going to let him finish because I think what you're hopefully you guys are going to take away from this is because we're going to get into some truths and fitness and stuff like that. But the story, I think, is su- super important because the definition of success is going to change after you hear this next piece. Go. Well, <clears throat> so I'm not exactly sure where you thought I was going with that, but what, what I'm going to well, go What happens after is, May? Yeah, I know. Cool. <laughs> well, I remember it like it was yesterday. Oh, so. I, 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 I'm well, sure you do too. Well, yeah. So, so um, you know, uh, so I have to separate from my wife and go through that piece. And then, um, I don't know if it was a month later. It couldn't have been much more than a month well, you later. Were, you were in Bermuda on birthday. I was on my way to, yeah, I was, I was in a sailboat race headed to Bermuda. It's about 70 miles off the coast of Bermuda. And the satellite phone rings, which, of course, never happens unless it's an emergency. It's and it was good. my ex-wife calling to inform me that our younger daughter had just been diagnosed with leukemia. So <clears throat> from, from a, an already devastated position, there was yet another um, level of devastation. And... Um, I won't get into all the details of the next several months. She actually went through treatment for three years. She's healthy now and all as well. Uh, but of course, you don't know that at the front end of it. You have no idea. You're told that it's an aggressive form. They're going to treat it aggressively. And she's been, you know, she's in the hospital. She's not going to leave the hospital until they have, um, you know, eliminated her cancer, which, by the way, takes about six weeks. And then you go through the next three years and, well, what, two years and 12 and a half months. Um, uh, of treatment to, to really eradicate the disease. But so she's stuck in the hospital, um, you know, and again, I'm stuck on a boat 70 miles offshore. And so there's a real sense of powerlessness. And, and you know, powerlessness is a, is a, is a problem for me. Um, I don't do powerless well. And so having these, these significant devastations and, um, again, I'm not going to get into all the details, but for the next several months, um, I had people come up, coming up to me and saying, don't worry, can't get any worse. And it did <laughs> routinely got worse um, to the point that that I was um, I was I was beaten as low as as um, I can ever imagine being. I had um, financial difficulties. I had um, obviously personal difficulties with my with my ex. I had um, you know now my daughter is is sick. Uh, my other daughter had had my the older of my two daughters um, had some additional issues um, consequent to all of the other things that were going on. So this was just, you know, everything was headed down in a, in a really bad way. And, and it was stayed down for a long time. It was over a year um, before there was any real turnaround in my, in my, um, in my life in terms of the outside things. I'm going to clarify that in a second. But, um, you know, before I started to feel good about anything, it was well over a year. So, um, the one thing that, that I think I did, and I think this is really what you were trying to get to with the fitness piece, mm-hmm. was that uh, 
the, the one thing that was that was always there for me, the one thing that was consistent, and the one thing about which I could, um, or the, the one thing I could control was my gym time. And I could come in every day, and I would get my workout in, and it was a little, an hour or so, um, every day of time when I could turn my brain off, and I could focus on just picking it up and putting it down. Just like mm -hmm. the bad commercials, I pick things up, I put things down. Well, that's what I did. And I got to tell you, it probably saved my life. Um, not to be overly dramatic about it, but with all of the difficulties and all the problems that I was having, um, and given uh, my, my basic nature, um, these were really huge events um, in life. And being able to come and simplify everything to picking it up and putting it down, um, maintaining the discipline, the work, um, to a degree, the, the difficulty of, of coming in every day was part of what I needed to do to give me structure, to give my life form, and to give what tiny bit of, of control I could manage. Um, and not that I have to have control of everything, but that sense of powerlessness of being wildly out of control, um, for me at least, and I think for most people that I talk to, is really upsetting. And so this was that element that gave me an anchor. Right. The gym was an anchor. My fitness was an anchor. Um, at first, it was just focusing really on picking it up and putting it down. But then, too, the diet became a part of that, you know. And we haven't really talked about diet very much and the evolution in, in, in eating. Um, but, you know, when I when I started training uh, way back, actually, in mm -hmm. Hanover and then ultimately when it came to you, I mean, my diet was okay. It was just that I was eating and, and my calories were good, I guess is the best way to say that. My calories were good, so I was getting the right calories. But the components of that were all off, right. you know, eating too many on the, on the carb side and not enough on the protein side and a bad, bad fat mix in there. <clears throat> um, and so, you know, learning to, to, to manage that diet differently, which we did through the, um, the show training, the, com the competitive training was uh, important in terms of giving me literally every two hours, giving me a touch point throughout my day, again, providing that structure and the discipline that I needed to sort of struggle through is, you know, well, for the next two hours, I'm going to have all shit on my plate, but then I'm going to have a meal or I'm going to have a snack. Or I'm going to have something. So it broke my 24 hour day into smaller increments and I could manage the smaller increments. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> you know, that, those disciplines, um, again, the gym and, and the, the rigidity, the, the rigor of maintaining a healthy diet were important things for me to um, maintain that structure and that form that allowed me to struggle through those really uh, just indescribably difficult times. And to kind of bring it all kind of full circle. So that was what, 2013, 13, 13. Yeah. And, uh, we ended up, I believe it was 2015, 2015. So yeah, to give Miami. it, to give it, to give it relevance. Um, <clears throat> and again, this is not a promotion of bodybuilding per se, no. Um, what it is, is a promotion of like, you know, what, what people use as tools and success, you know, and their perception of success. And we're going to cover that in a second, but to kind of wrap up this story and kind of what, I guess, what one, one fitness, you know, um, whatever you want to call it, uh, form protocol discipline did for one particular person was, obviously carry them through some incredibly difficult times but in the end which i think is a great culmination of it is i had somehow convinced him 
to and, and I and I say convinced it was more like there's not a lot of boxes for me to check off. I've done this one, done this one, done this one. What else is there? And I was like, well, there's the Mr. Universe. Like we can go and do that. And you know, at that point, I had I think had built up enough like credibility within him that he was like, if I said it, he was like, okay, let's go do it. And so, you know, we mapped out the plan. Um, I had kind of known in the back of my head that this was going to be my last show. So we went down there as a small team, myself, you, Alicia, Ari, and then we brought kind of a, a gangling of other people with <laughs> us. We rented a house. Um, to this day, that was still one of the most enjoyable times, mainly because, you know, we were out of state and we were, you know, in Fort Lauderdale, I believe it was Fort Lauderdale or yeah, Miami. No, I think it was, Fort, well, it was, it was Miami. yeah, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, whatever. And um, I still remember, uh, I, I think I was more, I, I took fifth in my in my class, and I was completely proud of that because I had guys like Chilsoon and some pretty nasty, and by nasty, I mean good, um, bodybuilders and, and, you know, internationally uh, known. Uh, so I was pretty proud that that was my last time on stage. Um, I don't think it was the best I ever looked. Um, I, I, the birth of my youngest daughter was four days before that. Right. So judge that as you will. Um, probably not the best decision. Would I know that some of you are thinking like, no shit, you're divorced. <laughs> yeah, right. Go figure. Um, not 100% sure that led to it. But, uh, but anyways, um, I, I think I was more proud of like, you know, Ari, that was his first show and he placed. Yeah. Alicia, that was her first international show, and I think she took third, if I remember mm -hmm. correctly, yeah. uh, in a really good class. And then this knucklehead won it. So he's a master's <laughs> Mr. Universe, which was it just you know as a as a coach, uh, even if you are competing, which uh, I will I will tell any coach, don't do that ever, because you sac you something has to sacrifice. You either sacrifice them or you sacrifice yourself. And if you're a decent coach, you're going to sacrifice yourself for them. So um, I, I have to say I was super proud. I think we were up until four in the morning. Um, he doesn't drink. I did. Um, and then we were at the airport at like <laughs> six thirty or six o'clock. It was a terrible. And it was Father's Day. It That's was right. Father's That's Day. Right. I remember getting home. Right. So so all right. So he has like you know this is kind of a funny story. I remember getting home. My wife at the time has a five year old. Five, a five-day-old, and they've got this whole setup for me, and I walk in the house like a zombie, right, with my trophy, and everybody was happy, and I, and I think I had like a bite of a cupcake and fell asleep on the couch for like four hours, and I, and I probably at that point, she's like, I'm not doing this anymore, I'm done with him, um, but yeah, so uh, I never got to compete again, and, um, and I regret nothing, I had a wonderful career, um, and you know, you get to affect people's lives in such a positive way and i would imagine if you talked to sturt in his 20s and asked him what his definition of success was um at that point it would change versus this now um you know and i know for me you know when i was in my early 20s um you know i worked in a town that was affluent so people drove nice cars and they lived in nice houses and you know, and I, I worked really hard and I, I made decent money, um, but it was nothing on par with the clients that I had, you know. So um, in my mind, success in that that time, in that realm of my life was house, car, yep. boats, stuff, money, um, girls, 
Yeah, yeah. Like just like, you know, it was a it was a collection mentality. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, it's fine when you're young and stuff like that. And and then I think experiences and bodybuilding taught me that. When I started bodybuilding, it was so much more about other people. Mm-hmm. What did so and so think about me? I gotta call this this judge. I go down and I pose for them because I want to know what they think about me, right? And that is part of the the system, you know. You know certain judges that are going to be on a panel. You go down, you connect with them, and um, that's not not going to hurt you. You know, I, mean, I like him. You know, he's a pretty cool guy or whatever. Like that, it doesn't hurt. You know, you talk to the promoters, you email the promoters. Like, hey, we're really looking forward to your show. Can't wait to get there. Like, that's all part of the game. You know, um, as I got older, and you know, my story is too long to to be in this episode. But as I got older. I went through my challenges in my early thirties, mm-hmm. um, where I had to basically reinvent myself, and not as not as a body, not just as a bodybuilder, no, but no, as a person. As a person, and um, my my definition of success started to change, not drastically, but very subtly. It started to change because when I met him, I lived in a big house and I drove a Corvette. <laughs> Imagine that Italian guy owns a gym, drives a Corvette, right? <laughs> Um, and a bodybuilder and too. a bodybuilder yeah <laughs> yeah all of it it's so stigma yeah driving around driving yeah. around Hanover Mass yeah. top off top off the car top off himself yeah probably in the middle of summer driving guns around guns out guns out baby <laughs> but uh-huh. you know and, and it, it really for me I know so <laughs> still is today uh, no that's not true uh, for me it was the birth of my kids that was really the the game changer for me and I had kids later on in life you know so I was in my mid 30s when I started having kids um and that just was a huge change for me because for the you know first 34 years of my life my definition of success was you know the things I just mentioned they were tangible things you know and then all of a sudden boom there's this baby girl and I can't sleep when I want to sleep and eat when I want to eat and and then and it's a current it's not all about you and 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 but I but for the for the first time in my life I really enjoyed it I enjoyed being that person for someone else you know and um you know bodybuilding took on a whole new thing for me because it became less about it actually had nothing to do with anybody else and it was all for me mm-hmm. and so the last part of my career which was probably on my placement standpoint was my least successful placement standpoints right arguably mm-hmm. um because at that time i was i was a pro in this uh, muscle mania tour and mm-hmm. and those guys were awesome and um, you know, I wasn't, I was, a, you know, a top five guy, but I wasn't, I wasn't a first place guy. So training for a show, knowing that you're not a first place guy takes a different type of discipline, right? And you slowly learn how the definite success turns into how can you be better? Mm-hmm. How can you improve yourself? And then those, those disciplines start to tie into other things that you do, whether it's business or relationships and i mean relationships all relationships family friends you know any type of relationship how can you improve on how can you improve on how can you improve on and the interesting thing about that definition of success is that sometimes when you dive into those disciplines you find that there are things you can improve on and then you've got another decision you have to make so for me the definition of success and i and i think start you know he can add in what his his uh, take is on it is that the bodybuilding world taught me different levels of success throughout 
my 20 something year of career. I think I started at 90, uh, I, th I did my very first show at 19, uh, my freshman year in college. And I did my last show when I was 42. Yeah, that's what it, 42. Um, and so, you know, and it was an incredible run for everything I was telling you about. Not only the people I met, but what I learned from my show when I was 19, which I got annihilated in, by the way, um, to the show, which I didn't ultimately place where I wanted to place or anything like that, but walking off that stage and just knowing it was over, right? Like, because it had to be over because now I have two girls and, you know, but um, that feeling of like, I'm so satisfied, mm -hmm. like completely satisfied yeah. and, um, mm -hmm. And now it was time to take all these disciplines that I learned and apply it to other things. Right. And that, by, by the way, it's not a flip of the switch. That takes, that's all, that's a, that's a lot to go no, from being a professional athlete of this level of discipline to turning it off. It doesn't just turn off. And that's kind of what we're talking about today is like, you know, um, definition of success. And then realistically, one of the reasons why we're doing this podcast, I'm going to tell you a great story. Right, which I think is a fantastic story, and how success or how fitness in in our particular discipline, it's bodybuilding. I don't care if you're CrossFit. I don't care if you're, you know, uh, a runner. Whatever, whatever. Fitness has to have a root and a discipline in your life. Um, and here's where I think the truth behind fitness. This is where I think there's uh, just so much shit. <laughs> that's out there is because when I looked at this thing, when I started looking at doing a podcast, right? Like I'll see, you know, some person on Instagram or I'll see like, and I'm like, Oh my God, that, that girl, that girl's wearing a thong. She's got 25,000 likes to our followers today. And I was like, I guess, I mean, I'm, I don't know. I think, I don't think I would look good in a thong. So yeah, probably not going to do that. But uh, I said probably, all right. But just in general, I'm like, it's you know, I'm like, I don't, again, I don't know anything about the particular person or whatever, right? But the industry has just changed so much. You used to have to actually have like attributes, like and yeah. disciplines, and like you used to have to work for it. Pardon every, me, but in I mean everything, and everything. I, I and everything. You, you you couldn't be like, I did a show. Now I'm Coach Ed. Yeah, you talk about you talk about success and definitions of success and yeah. how it changes. And you're right. Early on, it was about having the bigger car or the fancier car, the bigger house, um, prettier girlfriend, whatever it was. It was always about things and, and having them better than others. And trophies. And then and trophies, no question. And then going through and, and this isn't just about about the bodybuilding, but it really sort of brought home a lot of those lessons. And like you know, like I said earlier, I started bodybuilding very late in life. I mean, in my mid to late forties. I was done at 52 was when 2015 I was 52 yeah. years old winning the, the universe. So, so it's, it's a, it's a whole maturation process and you can't just start exercising and suddenly get all this wisdom and, and, and all these, um, you know, successes that, that we right. talk about. It's something that has to evolve over time. And that's, that's part of it is, is the time that it takes to get there to learn this stuff. But the definition shifts from the things to Doing the work successfully, I think. 
I mean, showing up on a regular basis and doing the, the hard work. And then at the end of it, there is some level of success. Whether you win or not is not the end goal. Mm -hmm. It's being, you said this earlier, bringing the, the better version of yourself. Right. And that applies not just to shows, but it applies to showing up for work every day. It applies to, you know, your business life, your family life. <laughs> you guys can't see it or off camera. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so apparently somebody better start no, doing some more work around. Yeah, I am. <laughs> no, I but I but, but I agree but I think, with you. I think you that's know. so. We talk about success, and success is no longer about the bigger trophy, the better car, or whatever else it is. It's about that feeling inside of yourself. Did you do a good job? Do you feel like you put the work in and you got the result that you that you worked and for? I, but I think there's a journey that's involved in it. Absolutely. No so way. I don't think I could be the guy I was today if I hadn't been. No, you have the, to go through that stuff. The guy that. Or, or the young adult, at, you know, nineteen twenty, that had that his whole world is like, what do you mean? The world revolves around the right. sun. It revolves around me. Yes. And you don't and let go of that 20s, for yes, it yeah, supposed to, you know. So, I one of the things I guess you know, or not one of the things, but a multitude of things is that you know, as we as we move forward, we start talking about different disciplines and you know, whether it's powerlifting or you know, strength training in in, in its in its totality or. Um, for us, there was a discipline of, of bodybuilding. We had a particular discipline that we applied and it was, uh, as we perceived, as successful for mm -hmm. us um, and, and has now, now rooted itself in other parts of our lives. You know, yep. we've applied those disciplines to business, to personal, yeah. to other things that we do. And then we continue to go to the gym every day and, and do the things that we do. And, you know, in this new world of like, hey, we're not competing, but we still want to look the best we can look. We want to feel the best. Health is definitely, you know, better. It's definitely more on my mind as I get older about health than the Absolutely. The, the, the external as a, as and internal are super important. So we're going to talk about that. But one of the things that struck me as an as an oddity when I was doing my research for this first episode was the level of information misinformation we're gonna say that okay <laughs> the level of uh the the if we can if you combine the supplement industry and yeah. the fitness industry as a whole yeah. right you're talking about hundreds and hundreds of billions mm -hmm. billions of dollars okay yeah. and then you tie that back to um you know this sort of statistical data that says okay well, like in 2008 and this is just america right we had a 40 percent adult adult i'm not going to dive into the kids overweight and that was uh anywhere from 15 to 15 plus pounds over their ideal body weight or yeah 15 i think it was 15 to 25 and then after that it becomes obesity or whatever right now there's going to be bodybuilders that argue out there like me right that would be like well I've been overweight my whole life, right? And realistically, that's true. I'm like, I have been overweight my whole life, which is why my knees are junk, okay? Which is, you know, and, and I will be the first to admit it. Like, at five foot six, you're not supposed to be 185, 190 pounds your whole adult life. Well, but Squatting 500 pounds doesn't do your knees any favors That probably either. didn't help either. <laughs> um, but realistically, now I was, you know, I guess I was a little bit surprised, but, and I'm not sure why, but in 
the last time, the last, the data I could find was for 2018. So it wasn't 2019, 2020, I would imagine post pandemic, it's going to be higher than this, but I'm not sure if I told you this, maybe I did, but guess what the percentage is of adults in America that are overweight now. And that, so that would have been 10 years later. You didn't tell me. All right. It was 70%. Not surprised. Okay. But if you look at the level of information, so if you look at the if you look at the curve of Facebook and Instagram, uh, even things like YouTube, uh, and I'm not picking on them, I'm because we're literally going to be on there. What I'm saying is that the information curve has gone drastically up, right? Mm -hmm. So we have the ability to get more and more information anywhere, anytime, yep. right? So it's not an information that we don't get enough information. No, it's just the opposite. Okay. And that's why we're basically the premise behind this podcast is that we need to break down the shit. Like what you, the reason we're getting fatter, we're getting, is not that you don't have more ability to take supplements, to uh, work out at a gym. I mean, you know, when I started in this business, there were two gyms in my town. There was 26,000 people in that town when I grew up. Okay. If I go back to that town today, I know for a fact there are five gyms in that town. Mm -hmm. I would gather that the overweight percentage in the town that I grew up in is greater than, significantly greater than, probably yep. statistically on par with the, the, the national average. Yep. So it's not that there's not access to gyms. It's not that there's not access to supplements because of, obviously because of the internet or the variety of retail stores that are, that are available to do it, all right? It has to come down to the information that's being disseminated. It has to. There's no theoretical reason that it would be anything else. Right. Right. Um, I, I'm sure people would argue, oh, there are the socioeconomic factors. I know. I, I know there are socioeconomic factors. The heaviest part of our country is in the lowest economic sections of our country. Right. You know, Mississippi, Arkansas, like some of the southern states are mm -hmm. grossly obese by per capita. Um, but this podcast isn't about solving socioeconomic issues it's about solving the information issues right and then, by the way it's not going to get better it's going to get worse correct so the argument really would be this like you really have to do your research as a, as a consumer and this goes for the younger people as it does for the older people and really take a look at the people and like what they um what they've learned so they could, how did they become an expert so that you are or are they even claiming they're an expert Maybe they're not even claiming it. They're just, hey, I'm putting my workout up there. And then you start doing it. Okay. Um, there's a great, uh, and this is not picking on, but there's a great uh, Netflix documentary on a guy by the name of Calum Von Mager. Oh, yeah. Right. It's phenomenal. You watch the first one in Generation Iron 2. Yeah. And then you watch his Unbroken one. Um, and it ties into exactly what we're talking about. You know, it seems like a great guy mm -hmm. that realistically, with the right tutelage would never none of the injuries would have happened but because it was so social media driven yeah. and he had to keep up this thing towards bicep yep and then it it becomes that rehab factor and i know all about that piece uh, unfortunately mm -hmm. to get back to quote unquote the stage or the camera nowadays it's the camera right. you know um was it rich piana same yeah. thing you know it was like it was all about the camera. It wasn't about the stage. He knew that, and he made him. He made millions doing it his way. Uh, I'm not arguing to not do this. What I'm saying is that the cons the consumer and and then this is sort of America's you know 
thing. It's a buyer beware market, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to break down the information that you're going to get. You know, it's kind of a simpler type of approach. Like yeah. you need to take away like the, the things that you need to start at A before you get to Z. And that goes for the people that are disseminating the information as well as the people that are consuming the information. Yeah. You need to, you, you know, um, you need to do your due diligence to find people and information that makes sense as opposed to, you know, kind of this hodgepodge of, um, you know, of, of information that's out there, you know, do right. these exercises, you know, um, and we have a, a huge group of young people that come here and that's why we work out in the afternoon, mainly just to keep an eye on them, mm -hmm. you know, from a safety standpoint, yeah. not a, you know, we don't disseminate information that way. Right. Unfortunately, in our particular case, uh, you know, we will, obviously, if we see something that's really bad, right. we will, but like, you know, our business is we're in the, we sell information. Mm -hmm. It's basically what we do, right? So all a real, a real good trainer does yes. is coach and give you the right information. Right. Mm -hmm. And by coaching, we mean like, you know, sort of there's this motiv motivational component of it, yeah. but it's really about the information, right? So we hire young trainers or green trainers, right? What do they do? They don't do their thing. No. They do they my do thing, thing. Right. Right. And the ones that don't want to do my thing usually don't last. No, they leave. They they leave, and that's okay. Or you have me train them, and then they leave. Yeah, that's true. I just have <laughs> them. I just say, here, starts paying you, and then you're going to leave in three months. But um, and the reason why is not because I'm like some egotistical maniac. Oh, arguably maybe, but um, it's because I can sit here and say, listen, I've been doing this. Yeah. Like for 20 plus years, I have 20 years of experience. I have 20 years of making all the mistakes I'm going to prevent you from making. Don't do this, 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 and this. Okay. And that is what it'll never, it'll never happen because it's not sexy. It's not hugely sellable. And I totally understand that. I'm not going to take my shirt off and be like, you need to do this stuff and get a bunch of tattoos and, you know, talk about steroid use and all that shit. Cause I, it's, it's, not even part of what we're talking about. What right. we're really trying to do is, is in a sort of kind of fun way is talk about like the information, like what's next, you know, or, or more importantly, like what's the best thing for you? Yeah. Yeah. And I think what's best for you is the, the critical piece of that. I mean, all of these guys that are out there, there's a couple of things. First off, all these guys that are out there marketing their stuff, they're marketing. <laughs> it doesn't necessarily mean they're using that stuff or that they used it to get to their sure. level of success. But, um, you know, they've got their brand of whey protein that has their own proprietary blend of made herbs and spices. Made in the exact same manufacturer yeah. as 7,000 other ones. Yeah, right. You know. But, you know, anytime I start seeing about proprietary blends, I get nervous because the, what's in it? Who knows? That's proprietary. And, We'd love to tell well, you, but we can't. But, but even the point of that is that why does it have to be proprietary? What's the, what's the big secret? I, I mean, so far as I know, and from the years that you and I have been training, there's, there's nothing really magic out there. I mean, no, it's your kind body, of basic. Your body your needs body some, some additional. Y and Z. I mean, and it does it in this right. manner. Right. Exactly. So you yeah. could act, you could actually go back to the chemistry, the biology of it, and we've done that. And yeah, looked at, of you know, how do these, how does your body's energy cycle create uh, power? How does it then build muscle? What does your body need to build muscle? Right. Break it down to its simplest parts, and 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 it's not that hard that a regular person can't figure this out. 
it helps to have a coach. Sure. You know, and that's one of that's one of the biggest things. And I said this earlier was that one of the biggest things I did was change my diet. Again, my calories were good. I was counting calories. My calories were where they needed to be. It was just a bad mix of, of carbs, proteins, and fats. Right. And once we started tweaking those, wow, results. How about that? So, And then we did do some supplementation, and we experimented with a few things to find out what worked best for me. Right. Because what was working for you wasn't working for me. And so we... Well, yeah, we, we, and we never... And I've never done that my whole life. I've never been like, well, I take these things. Right. So you should take these things. Right. I, I just never thought like that that was this forget the safest thing. I just never thought like from a scientific formula standpoint, you know, I used to quote that all the time. Yeah, well, A plus B equals C. Like we replace one yeah. variable at a time yep. and then test how your body uh, you know adapts to that. Yep. So and but the pro I think the problem is quick fix number one, right? So we're, there's no quick fix. There is no, there quick, is no fix. quick fix. And everybody wants one. What's the magic pill? You know, <laughs> What's the magic I would even I, I would even gather this, right? Your first show is what, twenty eleven? Yeah. Right. Around there. Twenty eleven, right? <laughs> and so 2010, at forty six. Forty eight. Forty eight, okay. And then you win the Mr. Universe at fifty two. Yeah. Right. So I gotta be honest with you, that in its own right is miraculous because you're really talking about a four year career, right? But I'm gonna take you a step back as as you're looking at that and say, "Wow, that's amazing." He's 48 years of well, all right. You weren't probably on training when you were one, but like you have 30 years of of physical training mm -hmm. behind you. So your body had some genetic factors that worked in your favor, right? And then you had this training background mm -hmm. that worked in your favor, mm -hmm. right? And probably to this day, the Arguably, I put you on par as far as discipline with your diet, because I, after a while, I knew some of the trigger things. I could say certain things to him, and I would send him right where I knew it would send him. That's the one thing as a as a coach that you have to know your clients. Like you have to know what you can say. I mean, I think I, I remember throwing Greg Boggs out of the gym <laughs> two days before, and he wanted to fight me, and I was just, but I, so I was using a like a tact I would use with him, and. Bogsy was it didn't work for Bogsy. He was too sensitive reaction. about it. So like, you know, it was very different. He's like, took me in the bathroom. He's like, You wanna go? And I'm like, wait, what? I'm trying to I'm trying to get you ready for a show in two days. Like, what's up? You know, and he just you know, and, and so I was like, All right, I mean I had to apologize because I was like, I'm taking a tack that I take with him because I know him and how it works and how to get him to, to point. I think actually was it the Mr. Universe or the one you might have done right before? It might have been the universe. And I was like, You're not ready. You're you're fat here, 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 and here. You got to. He wasn't. He wasn't when, thinking about universe. He, he, but he wanted. No, to I'm talking about you when when I came to you and you were you were like eight weeks out. Oh no, it wasn't universe. It was but one before it that. It was one right? before that. And I made him do like double sessions you, you of cardio. Like, yeah, yeah. You, you, like you just said, forget it. You're not doing the show. You're not ready. And then you said, well, maybe I'll relent if you like lose, I don't know, five pounds in a week or something. But I did it. So knowing him, I I did that in front of other people. Yep. I didn't. You know. Yeah, eat, yeah. In front, front of the whole. Pretty much in front oh, of the whole group. Crew. Yeah. Yeah. Entire competition team and you call me out on it. Yeah, thanks. thanks it worked. <laughs> it worked. It did. <laughs> and I knew and I knew <laughs> what the value of doing it that way versus I mean, I used to take all you guys, especially the newbies, and I would stick them right out on Route 139 and in their be <laughs> the banana hammocks and bikinis and post. And they were like, What the hell's wrong with you? And I'm like, if you can do it here, you can do it on stage. They hated me, but they were all ready. Every single person 
that competed there, with there, us. There were people ready. There were people stage. in Marshfield to this day still traumatized by seeing us out there. Or too. they were <laughs> like, you know, maybe they were excited about it. Goes back to the bikini car wash. It worked. <laughs> Got trouble by the town, but it works. <laughs> yes. But yeah, so um, I know we're getting off. Of, we're getting all away from it a little bit, but uh, yeah, just uh, well, know. I think to bring it back, yeah. you were talking about the information, and this is this is a place I want to go because there's there's so much crap out there, and, and I'm bombarded, not bombarded. I have people who know my my history with training um, ask me all the time about diet, about exercise, and about supplementation. I mean, it's the three most common things you hear about. Is, oh, what's, what's, you know, what's your diet? You know, write me a diet. It's like, no, I can't write you a diet because you're different than me. It doesn't work the same way. Um, and I don't write diets anyways. That's your job. Um, but workout, you know, what do you, how do you work out? Well, how I work out isn't necessarily going to work for other people. Right. And I think so there's a, there's a serious element of personalization there, which is why a good coach is important. But I think, too, is a good coach can help you sort through a lot of the crap that's out there. I mean, everybody who's out there marketing their protein powder or their pre-workout or their post-workout or their creatine blend or whatever all else it is, um, you really need to, to think through that stuff and work through that stuff. Um, personally, as you well know, I like to keep it simple. I don't want a lot of extra crap in my stuff. If I'm taking away protein, I want a whey protein. I don't want a whey protein that's got all this other stuff packed in there. Right. It just it just too confusing. You know, if I want to add a creatine in, I'll add a creatine in. I won't buy that with my protein. Right, because you got to know what you're putting in it, how much you need. Exactly. Everybody's bodies are different. different. you got to be able to, you know. Yeah. I mean, so don't buy the marketing. Because I guess what I'm trying yeah. to say is, you know, work through the, the simple elements that you need. Don't believe it when somebody says, oh, you have to have a pre-workout. I don't do a pre-workout and it doesn't hurt me to not do that. We've done the pre-workout thing. It just didn't work for me. Yeah, everybody's so, different. So, yeah, but exactly. you allowed yourself that, 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 that's kind of what I'm saying is that, uh, especially I would say for younger crowd, this is sort of aimed at you, you know, like you have to be, you have to take a very disciplined, methodical time lapsed approach to how you're going to integrate lifting uh you know potential cardiovascular type of stuff and then most importantly your supplementation and you've i've said this for years and i say this to all my bodybuilders oh, there's no pot of gold at the end of the rainbow hey i got them all i got all the crap that i try to tell people yeah. um but one of the things i always say is that a supplement is 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 in the actual definition of the word supplement it's mm -hmm. a supplement to a diet yes. if your diet isn't good why the fuck would you waste any money on expensive powders right <laughs> just get your diet right yeah you know i just had a client that all it's all i did was tweak his diet yep down 10 and a half pounds yep to like two and a half weeks yeah and that and that and that guy works out hard yeah but i said this this will be a third time i've said it it's not about getting the know. calories right it's about getting the elements macros. right the macros. yeah yeah and i mean so if you're eating a diet that's really high in carbs and i'm, I'm explaining this more for the audience than for you because yeah. you know this stuff but if you're eating a diet that's too high in carbs you're retaining water you've got all kinds of other secondary effects that are going on that's going to affect how you look right. how you how you behave how you feel well, um, yeah and it can break that down you know if you want to get a little bit more into it it gets into like how your body actually digests stuff so, right. and and more importantly how it stores stuff so yep. if you're having energy issues man i'm just lethargic i'm lethargic yeah you, normally we take a look at something and the things that pop up right away are well shit yeah you're like 80 percent of your your 
your calories are coming from carbs and fat. Right. Your body is sitting there fighting itself off because it wants to digest the carbs first. Yeah. So it has to store the fat. And so that makes sense why you're lethargic. And then your poor upper GI is like, well, what do we, how we, you know, bile, your body's producing bile to break down the fats yeah. later on. I'm like, yeah. the conversion yeah. of fat to carbohydrates is very slow and low. So, yeah, I mean, that doesn't happen overnight. The, the, the things that we're talking about take time to learn. Yeah. They take time to adapt. Yep. All right. And it takes a long time for you to learn your body. You know, I, it, it takes time for effect too. And that's the other thing is, I mean, a lot of people will start a diet and I've done this myself. You start a diet and you're like, oh, for, you know, I'm going to lose one to two pounds a week. And you expect that week after week after week. Your first week, you probably lose some weight because it's just you're eating a cleaner diet. Yep. The second, third, fourth week, maybe not so much. Right. But then you start getting into your fifth, sixth, seventh week of that diet. All of a sudden, the weight starts to strip away. You start What's to that? look so is much better. Your energy is up. Just do what Ed says. Oh, no, no. That's his thing. No, trust the process. Trust the process. Trust the process, you know? Yeah. Everybody thinks their trainer made that up, and I don't think I made it up either, but it... It's not new, but it's so so true. It is. The the process works, but you have to live with the process. You can't just do it. It's like the commercial. You can't just eat a stick of broccoli and say, oh, I'm healthy now. You you know, you got to do this time after time. And the same thing with with diet, with exercise, learning to exercise properly, getting Mm -hmm. your forms right. Um, and then doing it consistently. How many times have you said that to me? It's just consistency. Just come in and do it. Yeah, and that's that's yeah. one of those little disciplines that we have to build. I, I do think that there was an era, and again, you know, my disciplines in bodybuilding, um, I've done some powerlifting in the past, um, but mainly in bodybuilding. Um, and there, there is an era, uh, I would say it was probably the post-Arnold era, but more like the Dorian Yates era, mm-hmm. yeah. that era of bodybuilders, the Sean Rays, the Dorians, yeah. those guys. To me, those guys, and this is just opinion, it's nothing to do with the the, the, new, the newbies, but that information that those, because those guys are older and all retired now. Yep. So the information that they kick back out, mm-hmm. to me, is the most valuable because now it's like, okay, we did... we did all the diets, we did all the manipulations, we, you know, arguably were the the best decade or so of bodybuilding. Um, and now we're clean, we're, we're off of everything, and we can disseminate the information because we don't need the, we don't need to be 300 pounds and look like, right. and so, you know, guys like Dorian, um, you know, I, I'm a huge fan of his, it, it, because he's a scientist. Right. He, he, there's a science based on everything he does, not just diet wise, but the irony of it, and he's the first to say this, like, he did things that worked specifically for him. Yep. He never listened to really anybody else. Doesn't mean he didn't have coaches. Yep. Because he did. Okay. But like, oh well, you know, Ronnie's doing this, or you know, Sean Ray's doing this, or you know, like that. He had that tunnel vision, yep. you know, where he's like, no. So one of the things I know I, I said to you guys is, as you become an expert in your body. Mm-hmm which is what you, you, your aim should be. Right. Once, for some reason, we learn how to like do all these other things in life, but we sort of forget about our, our body, right? You know, so um, I have an analogy. I'm like, you know, and I'll do this with people and, and I'll say like, oh, you know, what kind of car do you drive? Like, oh, I drive a, a Porsche 911. I was like, oh, that's a nice car, Porsche 911. I'm like, oh, pretty expensive car. Oh, oh yeah, you know, like, you know, a couple bucks, you know, I'm like, all right, yeah, I know what a Porsche 911 costs. Like, I'm like, what kind of fuel do you put in that car? 
Oh, the best, like, you know, 94 Ultra, like, you know, best, but, you know, I can go, I'll, I'll drive a gas station and find it. Really? Let me show you me, show me your diet. <laughs> it's that simple. It's like, why, why do you treat that, which you only get one of, right? Which is invaluable, right? It only has this light lifetime to it, you know, hopefully healthy 80 years. We're all going to, we're all going to drop off the cliff right. at some point. Right. Okay. But yet we treat it like shit, absolute shit. We stick shit in it and our bodies got all these mechanisms to be like, don't worry, Ed, I got you. I'll get rid of all this shit and then I'll clean yourself out. And then you can maybe give us another chance and it will do that for years and years and years. And then you get to like 50, 60 years old and you're like, really? And the doctor's like, yeah, you got this, this, and this. I'm like, really? Wow. <laughs> you didn't see that one coming? Really? You no. didn't see that one coming? So, you know, <clears throat> kind of tying it all and wrapping it up together. Um, these next episodes that are going to be coming up are really going to be aimed at, you know, trying to break down information from weightlifting to nutrition. Um, and you know, we'll have, hopefully have some, some, some feedback from, from people watching this questions to be asked and things of that nature. Um, and we'll try I, to get I, into I, that. I hope some people will get back to you. Cause I think, you know, one of the, one of the risks that you and I run in talking about this is that we can, we can make it sound like it's a lot more complicated than it really is. I think there's, you can, you can make this as complicated as you want to. We can dig into the science of it. We can talk about the Krebs cycle. We can talk about energy. No, yeah, I, love I know. Right. So, so we can, <laughs> so we can go there, but you don't have to is the other side of this is that, you know, finding, finding a good coach, somebody who can step you through this process. Getting a healthy diet is not rocket science. It just takes a, a few simple things put in place to make a huge difference. Um, and then your training, you know, it can take years to be really fully successful at it, but it doesn't have to take years. It, you can start simply, build, your, build on what you know, build your experience, and you'll start to see results fairly quickly. Right. I mean, you do have to trust the process and you have to get a few weeks into it. Um, but I also, I don't want this to come off sound like, oh, it's all complicated. You have to have all these other things because that's not the case. It really, truly can be very simple. If you want to get into the details of it, you want to make it complex, you can, if that's what you enjoy. And there are people out there who do, and that's great. Um, so I just, you know, if I had a message, I would, I would have to say is where I know we're trying to come to a conclusion no, here that, um, you know, it's a podcast and go on forever. And then, and then we can edit it down, make it, make it fit the time. Patrick, right? you're ready. Get rid of those stumbles when we, you know, started early on. We didn't know what uh, we were talking about. Um, I do that a lot today. I know. Myself. Yeah, they did well. Thank you. Um, but so I, I think again, we can make this complex. We can make it simple. It doesn't. It, it can be either one, whatever you want to make of it. Um, but I think critically is that it takes it takes time to do this successfully, mm -hmm. and this can be can be gym work. It can be bodybuilding. It can be success in life, which is defined however you want to define it. Um, I define it more experientially. I've had great experiences in my life and I spend time with great people and I do enjoyable things. Um, being able to do those things is partly a, a function of my level of fitness. If I'm fit, I feel well. And if I feel well, then I want to do more things and have more experiences. So the, do, the two do go kind of hand in hand. Um, what's, the, what's the cliche, healthy body, healthy mind? Um, you know, those things are, are true for me. And, and those are much more the successes for me these days. You know, that I was a Mr. Universe back in 2015 is awesome. But that and four bucks will get you a cup of coffee at Starbucks. I mean, oh, I was never Mr. Universe. You were never Mr. Universe. But I was never a pro. You were. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Check. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
So, and we, we know some other people who became pros. We won't discuss that. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's for like a pro that's after for their a first Friday, show. That's a Friday night episode. <laughs> yeah, we can really start tearing. You know what I think of this person? No, just kidding. Um, yeah. So, 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 um, you know, find a good coach. Find somebody that, that you can work with. Don't trust the, the the bro science in the gyms. There's too much noise about this this supplement or that supplement or this thing or that thing that's going to change everything. There there isn't any magic bullet out there. It's it's simple. Um, it's simple disciplines is what really has made all the difference for me. And that has taken me through, um, you know, my early life, taken me through my alcoholism, taken me through that devastating time when I talked about with my divorce, my daughter's illness and, and everything since then. Um, and I'm in a much better place, you know, at this point, it, it's been some years. Um, but the, the, the things that rocked me then don't rock me the same way now. Um, I still have really intense struggles in my life, but, um, you know, those simple disciplines continue to work for me, you know, keeping the clean diet mostly, um, you know, I still enjoy an overindulgence now and indulgence now and again. Um, but ice cream is a big killer. Yeah. I can't eat ice cream. It makes me cool. <laughs> I'm not so lucky. I love ice cream, especially in the summertime. It's it so good. I take my kids. I can't eat it. Just sucks. <laughs> yeah, but, I want a Sunday. So, 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 how's Cupcake Charlie's? Cupcake Charlie's is really good. <laughs> we all have our weaknesses. We all have our weaknesses. <laughs> On that note, we're done. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I, I'm going to tie up with one with one thing. Uh, one, I want to obviously thank my good friend Sturt coming in on our first podcast ever, talking about um, you know, not really necessarily breaking down quote unquote, the truths of, of, of fitness, but, you know, kind of getting into the backgrounds of it and uh, really talking about our definitions of success, you know, uh, two people that have kind of, you know, seen different sides of the industry and how we've utilized those disciplines, obviously, and, and really kind of in good places in life, um, you know, as well as body, you know, mind, body, spirit, the whole thing. I will leave with this, you know, he, very, very casually touched on a word that, you know, we could probably spend another two, three hours talking about, but, um, it's something that I, it's a focal point of me in my life. Um, and I will kind of leave with this, right. The, at 46 years old, we talked about like, you know, things you accumulate or things like that. I think the thing that you accumulate throughout your life is experiences and information, right. And taking those two and parlaying them into, what I have now, which is I surround myself with or try to and try to do things and only things that I take and or bring me joy. Yeah. And that took a long, long, long yeah. time to get to that point where I wasn't chasing the proverbial successful things, mm -hmm. the, you know, the, the tangible right. asset things. Right. Um, and lifting weights which is the title of our next episode which is lift weights stupid um that's the next episode but realistically um i want i, I guess what i kind of want to try to say to people is that the world of fitness should bring you some level of joy yes absolutely and for those out there that are like oh, he doesn't know me he doesn't know that i'm i'm literally telling you whether it's doing the things that we do or whether it's running or powerlifting or CrossFit or some other discipline, 
um, you know, a class oriented type of something, right? It's a spin class or, a, you know, a hit class or something like that, whatever it is, that should bring you joy. It should be the people that are, you're surround yourself with and the discipline that you follow, because if it doesn't bring you joy, you will not continue to do it. And that's the simple fact of it. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. Or actually, don't smoke anything because it's bad for it. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, do you have something you want to add to that? or I would just say that, you know, I know a lot of people, um, friends who, who just, they, they can't imagine exercising. It's just, it's too hard. It's too difficult. It's not fun. Um, but I think with a lot of things, you know, give it 30 days. Try something. Do it for 30 days. If you still hate it after 30 days, do something else, whether it's CrossFit or weight training, or running or uh, boot camps, whatever it is. Give it 30 days and then try something different if you don't like it because there is something out there that you will enjoy. You just got to find what it is. But I've never known anybody who once they started exercising said, gee, I feel worse. It's always feeling better. So. I would, I would suggest, I understand it's that initial hurdle of getting started, but get started, give it 30 days. You don't like it. Try something different because you will find something that'll bring you all kinds of joy. I can't say any better than that. So I'm going to wrap that up just like that. I want to thank everybody for uh, listening to our first podcast and uh, stay tuned next week. Uh, we'll be back with you with our second episode. All right. Signing off, Patrick. <laughs> lift weights, stupid. Yep. Lift weights, stupid. Lift weights. Stupid. Lift weights, stupid. Yeah, figure out what the title That's is. That's what those kids do out there. Lift hey, everybody. This is Ed Mazzucchelli with The Truth Behind Fitness. I, uh, this is our first podcast, first episode. Uh, I'm very fortunate to be joined by a good friend of mine, 